Hey everyone, this is my brother Michael. My brother Adam. We're the Sharf Brothers. You're listening to Mentoring for the Modern Musician. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello folks. Welcome to Mentoring for the Modern Musician. Welcome back. We are beyond grateful that you are choosing to listen, to give us your ears. <laughs> Pull up a snowblock and let us in here. <laughs> I'll give it right back, I promise. I just left my, my ear at home. And right, my, oh, okay, I thought you meant your snowblock. I'm like, yeah, no, it's... No, there's plenty of snowblocks there. So many snowblocks. Although they're melting. They are melting. Just to confuse us, just, it's going to be like 50 tomorrow. Exactly. It was, it was 10 below zero with 36 below zero wind chill in Vermont That's last okay. weekend. And Wherever then, you are, we hope it's pleasant. I bet it's pleasant. Right. Even if it's, you know... Sitting, there. Even if you're sitting by the fire and listening to this podcast. And we do we do appreciate it because we, we listen to podcasts as well and we Absolutely. know some podcasts are amazing. Yes. And some are just useful and informative. Yeah, absolutely. And we would like this to we be We hope mo- to be amazingly useful and informative. <laughs> Amazing and useful and informative. So yeah. So it's not gonna be the main focus of the of the podcast today, but I do want to just talk briefly about this little lawsuit. Uh, between oh yes, uh, Radiohead and Lana Del Rey. So if you have is it not Lana heard, Del Rey or Lana Del Rey? I don't know. I think it's Lana. I've I, always heard it Lana Del Rey. Right, Lana Del Rey sounds like you're saying it wrong. It does to me. It does as well. Now we'll find out. It's probably Lana Del Rey, which is fine with but me. We're going to say Lana Del. Rey. We're going to say Lana Del Rey today for the for. The and we're going to ask you a question. <laughs> you know. So there's this. There's a a uh, a lawsuit that Radiohead is. And so Lana Del Rey, Lana Del Rey, we're going to have to find out now, has a new song. Yes. And um, Get Free. Get Free is the name of the song. No, it's not. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, it, it actually is Get it's Free. Get Free. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And Radiohead is saying, that sounds way too much like Creep. Creep. You and couldn't possibly have written that song without Creep. And they are suing her... For 100% of the publishing. 100% of the publishing. Okay, so anybody who doesn't understand, and there are, uh, we've talked about this, I think we've talked about this with songwriting. Yeah, when, when we had AJ on the show. Mm-hmm. So I think we talked about this. AJ That, that um, when you write a song, there is actually 200% of that song. That it's like when you, when you create song. a song, it's not just like one pie, it's like two pies. Right. So writing a song is like two pies. Perfect. And one of those pies- Is called publishing. Is publishing. The other pie is writing- the writer's credit, but exactly. it has immediately created this other pie, which is the publishing pie. Right. And that's where lots of the money comes from. That's mm-hmm. in the old days. That was when you would print up music. Right. Um, but it's also, you know, it's when it's played on the radio or when mm-hmm. it's in a movie, there's publishing royalties that go along with that. Exactly. So Radiohead wants a hundred percent. So now, now, uh, Lana Del Rey and her people have offered 40%. Yes. Uh, like right out of the gate. Of like, the publishing. And, but it is true also, that Lana Del Rey denies any. There's she wrote this song in her mind, without in, completely independently. Yes, now uh, is not. She never says it. Never comes out and says it. But I'm reading between the lines of most of her written word and thinking that she doesn't particularly care for the song "Creep." That which by is Radiohead. Totally fair. And for to get into the weeds, just briefly, real quickly, it's a chord progression that is in a major key. Mm-hmm. It is a one chord. A dominant seven, three chord, a four chord, and a minor four chord. If you're in G, thank you. It's G, B seven, C, C minor. Right. That's it. That's the chord progression. That's the chord progression. Ironically, <laughs> exactly. 
So here's Radiohead where it gets here's where know gets, a little bit about this. Here's where it gets fun. The song creep, supposedly created by Radiohead. <laughs> they would love hearing that. They were actually sued. Correct. For plagiarizing the song by the Hollies. The air that I breathe. All I need is the air. Exactly. That one. Now, we're not going to play any of these songs on the show today. Where Usually, we, normally... we would ordinarily, we would give you a little snippet of each because this podcast, being for educational purposes, does not fall under the uh, guidelines for copywritten music being played on a podcast. Where it's, there's, there's an exception where, where because right. we're using it, we're, because we're, sh- we're showing you guys something and we're, we're educating you, we're not just like... We're not using it to sell something. Or, or plan, or, or, like we're a radio station or something. Right, or use it for... Although, uh, this is airing, our, although this is airing on Edge Radio, so we could do we, it anyway. We'd be fine. But we want to be able to air this. We also want to be able to make it available on iTunes. Right. Without getting sued by Radiohead. Right. So we're not sure. Radiohead seems to be on a, a lawsuit path right now, so we're going to hold off on that. And perhaps that's because they lost their lawsuit <laughs> for, to for the, the writers, song. To, for the writers the, who wrote the Holly song, uh, two gentlemen by the name of Albert Hammond and Mike Hazelwood. Right. And the Radiohead... Settled that lawsuit by making those two co-writers, right? Which is which common. equaled out to about forty percent of their publishing, exactly. Which is just so the irony here is is steep. Now it, the good news is, I think Lana Del Rey has a wonderful legal team, as I'm, as does hoping. as does Radiohead. Yep. So this will be one of those lawsuits we get to listen to and watch and and uh, well, and we'll see whether it, to. whether it turns out. Uh, in her favor, or whether it ends up being like the recent precedent that we saw with the Robin Thicke Pharrell Williams right. Blurred Lines tune, where they were sued for sounding too much like um, Marvin Gaye's uh, tune, which, I don't know, got to give it up, was the was yep. song, which, in my opinion, eh, not so much. Right, I know. Um, well, I, think they're re- I think there's a drum pattern in it that sounds very similar. I think they're relitigating that one anyway. So... We'll see what happens, but the, the reason that this that that this is important for you for everybody out there is it re, it really is it will behoove you as songwriters it will behoove you as producers as engineers to you know just once in a while Shazam the song you're yeah that's a trick Michael does that I love <laughs> so when we're producing somebody if it sort of reminds us of it something starts to go like Matt this sounds really familiar while we're listening back we'll just try to Shazam it and see if it. See if it sounds like anything. And if it does, there's all kinds of things you can do. Because right. in, in all honesty, <clears throat> there's only 12 notes, man. Right. Only 12 semitones in, in Western music. Exactly. And the octaves in either direction ad infinitum, as much as we can hear. Right. right? Um, so there's only so much we're going to be able to do with those notes and the combinations of those notes. So we are going to always run into something that sounds like something else. Exactly. And I think that this matters and it goes into a larger topic that we're going to get into yeah. today but i want if for for people who aren't major label artists because mm-hmm. look if you're a major label artist and this happens to you there are a whole bunch of people um that are going to be worried they're going to lose money right that are going to get involved so you'll, that's when no, your legal exactly. team big legal team comes in and everybody putting their heads together if you're an indie artist you know it's really it's it's you and your team but your team may be smaller or or maybe less Right. Well funded, but this matters because we're getting into a larger issue about the way the music industry reacts to things, right? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Like, so we'll see what happens with, with, with Lana Del Rey. We wish her luck. We wish her luck. And we're not, you know, I, Michael and I maybe differ about... Well, neither of us are anti-Radiohead. I, I love, they, dude, I love Radiohead. I know you do. I do solo gigs and I still play Radiohead I songs. I, I think they have a couple of great songs. So, <laughs> but, but, so we're not being anti-Radiohead. Not nor, at all. Nor are we being anti-Radiohead's lawyers or no. anti-anybody. We're, we're, we're pro. We're, we're yes Like, and, look, okay, right? so, so, look, there's been a number of big cases like this over the years. So, when Chuck Berry... It's a state, or actually Chuck Berry sued Brian Wilson. Right. You know, for um, which was that? Surfing USA. Surfing USA, which sounded right. Was literally Sweet Little Sixteen. Sweet Little Sixteen. Same song. Same song. Same corporation. Same melody. Not just same melody. Same guitar solo. Same phrasing. I mean, like, and the guitar solo that comes in is exactly identical. If it were today, it would be that the Beach Boys took. A karaoke track exactly. of Sweet Little Sixteen. And just sang different lyrics. And took over different it. lyrics and put it out and it became a huge hit. Right. So look, I get that. And their solution was they made Chuck Berry a co writer. Right, which I love. And I love that idea because what I don't like seeing is and not like, you know, we'll be the un- ultimate arbiter right. here, but no, right. but but my opinion on this is that I like seeing creation of all kinds. Definitely. Sometimes creation is gonna have It'll be sort of like a Venn diagram where you, you mm-hmm. overlap with another circle of creation. Absolutely. Right? Okay. And that other circle of creation has a right to be there and maybe was there before you were. Mm-hmm. Great. Then then if you go into their circle and there's overlapping, the fair and and creative and yes and way to do that is make them a co-writer. Awesome. Right now, if it's a huge hit, that might also include some back royalties, right? Right. So that's yes, that. There's absolutely. a settlement I, I'd get behind that uh, Judge Adam would get behind. You know, do some <laughs> some back royalties, Mister Thick. I think we're going to cut uh, cut the uh, Marvin Gaye estate in as a writer, and they're yes. going to get there's there's three right there's two writers. There's now going to be three writers, and you are responsible for the back royalties of you know four million dollars for that third, whatever whatever it will be. You know, right. That, I think, would be a, a really fair thing to do. No, I think that's perfect. Um, and I was just, uh, I was trying to remember, there was also, there's another great one, recent one, where the Rolling Stones sued. Um, the Verve. The Verve. Bittersweet Symphony. Bittersweet Symphony. And, again, this I is- I think a, that's, they did get 100% of the royalties. Well, because, here's, but here's the thing. The Verve asked for permission to use those the strings. identical strings- from it was actually from uh, the Symphonic Stones, exactly. Record. And the Rolling Stones said no. Well, the Rolling Stones Rolling, legal Rolling team. Stones legal team said so, no, you can't. No, and then they did, and they it did anyway. anyway. So that in that case, that's a little different. And that's like an right? like a, you know that's like a giant sample, like using a giant sample that is exactly you know twelve uh-huh. seconds long. That was it's funny that you should say that. That brings me to my next semi modern version of that, mm-hmm. where Vanilla Ice. Lost his case right against the creators of uh, Under Pressure, right? Queen and David Bowie, yeah, because the baseline was identical. The whole thing was identical, yeah. Right. I mean, they were using the groove and everything, and exactly. And he tried to make it. No, I added an extra. I added dum, a, dum, dum, dum. <laughs> exactly. It's some great video you can look at. Yeah. On so there are cases where this. So I don't. The reason it's important to me for, to clarify is I don't want it to sound like I'm against. 
copyright written material being copyrighted. I'm completely right. Not. Or against occasionally it needing to go to court. Absolutely. Right? Sometimes it does need to go absolutely, to court. Absolutely. Which is why we've talked about, like we talk about on the website, that legal is a part of your team. Absolutely. Right? And, a, and a industry, music exactly. industry legal uh, representative is not, right. crucial. Not just a contract lawyer. Not but, your cousin Vinny. Right. <laughs> music, <laughs> although that movie is a great movie. Great and, movie. And it turned out great. Um, worked out well for Ralph Macchio. Worked out well for but, Ralph Macchio, exactly. Yeah. And his buddy, whose name escapes me. Escapes me. It's kind of bad. That's, that's sad. That's all right. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, but but do you want a, a good music industry lawyer. Exactly. For that exact... Entertainment lawyer. Entertainment for, lawyer. For, 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 for that. that reason. Because it's complicated. There's a lot right. to it. Well, and if they don't do it, they'll know a good copyright lawyer who will protect you. Exactly right. So so that's that's an important part of... And that it's always happened, right? That's That's yeah. been going on for a long time. All Absolutely. right. Absolutely. Where this gets interesting is we've been hearing recently, I heard in a couple of different places, mm-hmm. uh, one an indie blog, um, Indiepreneur, Indiepreneur, yeah. we're talking about the industry doesn't know how to sell anything. Right. And so, uh, like and at they first when they, you said they, that, they I, monumentally misunderstand sales. So at first when you said that uh, to me a while back, I, I, I thought, well, is that real, actually true? Right. That they really don't understand how to sell something because they're not understanding that the people who are buying it are people, an audience, that the audience is actually people. Yeah. And it's interesting doing a little bit of research for the, <laughs> I read a bunch of Twitter feed from both the Robin Thick Pharrell case mm, against yeah, Marvin yeah, yeah. Gaye and the Lana Del Rey against Radiohead. And what's interesting is... All of the tweets were, not all, but a good portion of them were from fans wanting them to shut up. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and and a little irritated that the 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 tweet that 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 appeared more than once from a different source in similar terms to me that really stuck out was really. I mean, if you're going to sue for something that sounds similar, you might as well not make any more music. Right, right. And I just thought that that was an interesting approach. And and again, I wonder if that made me really sort of agree with what you're just, your premise there, that people don't want to hear about that. Right, right. right? So how would you frame that in a way that might make people hear it? Well, so uh, Indiepreneur has a has a cool podcast um, where they they talk about it, and he goes into super depth about his opinion about it. It's a, a podcast called Creative Juice, mm-hmm. and super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we'll put a link for it sure. in the description in this one because mm-hmm. um, he's got an opinion about it, Absolutely. and and I I want him to be able to have his opinion. But Definitely. What it made me start thinking was because I hadn't thought about that either. I hadn't thought that. You know, with the record sales thing and the record sales are down and, you know, nobody's buying music anymore, which means the industry is dead. And that that is what you hear in in the circles of the major labels. Right. But but as we've discussed on this podcast before, music consumption is actually up. It's actually up. By by quite a lot. And so what's been happening in the indie world, well, in the larger world as well, like, like, you know, Kiss has been doing this for years, right? Um, That... You're selling an experience. People are talking a lot about that for right. artists, that you're selling right. an experience rather than, and we've talked about that, mm-hmm. that you're selling an experience rather than 
thinking of just selling records. Exactly. Because just selling records in today's climate is probably not going to be enough <laughs> for you to have a, a career unless you're Adele. Right. Or Taylor Swift. Or Taylor Swift. Right. And even them. You know what I mean? Like, not not all of Taylor Swift's, uh, uh, you know, mansions and, and, and condos and... Um, come from her record sales. She, she's right. an experienced person, man. She's always been like that. She totally. stays after for fans oh, and has amazing fan mm-hmm. club parties yep. and oh, true. meet and greets before and after the show. And, right. and she's always been great at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a really, what I love watching about her, what she does with it is, is it's very um, earnest and authentic. Totally. Where she's, yes, she's, it costs more money to do that because that's what she can offer you. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't feel bad about that. Somehow there's this thing where if you did anything to make money, if you sold anything to your fans, you're now like a scumbag, <laughs> right? You're like, oh, he's selling. Right. <laughs> and because now I'm an artist yeah. and I don't want to sell. But then right. everybody wants to sell their record. Right. Wants well, just right. selling. So sell, sell the experience. Sell the experience. Right. Well, so the industry so I, yeah. is not set up that way. The, the right. larger major label industry is up for giant windfalls. Right. Right. That's it. And not for remembering that if they get, let me use an example. I have like, you know, nine or 10 Lyle Lovett records. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. That I've been buying because I love Lyle Lovett. He's awesome. Absolutely. He's an amazing songwriter. I love his sense of humor. He's brilliant. Mm-hmm. He makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel good. It makes, it makes me feel good. Lyle Lovett reference. Exactly. Uh, and um, I've never received an email or a postcard or anything from anybody at the label. Right. Maverick, I think. Was it Maverick? Pretty sure. Yeah, I think it might be. Or in Lyle's camp. Mm-hmm. Arguably, they, other than the fact that we used to do that song where we would joke about Lyle Lovett, ripping <laughs> off Lyle Lovett, and you know, we played with a guy that knew him. Right. may have told him that we were joking about him. Other than that, there's no way Lyle Lovett knew who the Sharp Brothers were or knew who I was right. or had my address. Right. Um, if he needs it, they can, you know, send an email to the podcast and I will happily give Lyle my, my address. But but if the label had thought of me as, and this is all prior to the internet too, that's right. fine. But if if there had been a card in any of the CDs yeah. that I bought from Maverick Records that said, saying, you like Lyle Lovett? Right. We love Lyle Lovett. Send us your address and we'll make sure to let you know anytime he's in town. Right. And then like, you know, before the next record came out, I was like, oh, there's a Lyle Lovett t-shirt I can get? Right. Without going on the road, because I'm not going to be able to, I'm, right. I'm touring, I so I right. can't, I can't go see him. Right. <laughs> we, that was our problem for years. Right. We were like, we, there were people we couldn't see because we, we were, were busy, we're, we're touring, we're playing. We're playing. Right. I would have absolutely bought a t-shirt or, you know, bought a coffee mug. Right. That said, you know, I like cream morning. in my coffee. Right. Right? Like a line yeah, from exactly. what it is. Exactly. I'm, I'm in, and I would have been, I'm getting excited just talking about it. <laughs> right? I might contact his people just to make sure that they, hey, are you guys doing this? <laughs> But but nobody right. has ever done that right. because what they wanted was that number of okay cool records sold right and they showed the experience charts, done 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 right. that'd be like a car dealership like you were saying before we started playing a car right. dealership going eh, just sell these cars and they don't care who bought them right or they're they don't there there's no market research done about whether they'll come back and buy another one or. You know, here, look, here's the thing. I got to tell you, the, the, the car dealership that I've bought most of my cars from, they call me once a year. Oh, yeah. At least. 
yeah. to see if I want to trade in that car and get a new car because the new one's out. And arguably, and I mean this with all the love in the world with everybody who sells cars because I've got some good friends that sell cars and, and I, I have to buy cars once in a while. So yeah. I, right. right? Exactly. That can be one of the most horrifying, stressful experiences ever. You're like always right. thinking you're getting messed over. and right. But you you love your car guy. I do. He's like, oh, I got a guy. Love him, Brian. There you go, right? Absolutely. And, and, and because he made it, whether this was a course he took or 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 yeah. purposefully or not, well, he made it a real relationship. Well, about he you. and the he and the dealership, right? Right. He's the face, and then everybody who followed him made it all feel great. And right. And because you have to do that if you have a big car dealership and you want people to buy cars from you, right? right? And, and people in car dealerships know that. People exactly at restaurants know that. People. Right. It's about recidivism. Yes. Try exactly. to say that fast. It always sounds like you're wasted. <laughs> I learned that word from that Nicolas Cage movie. Um, the one uh, where he's a convict. Your flower yard. <laughs> Raising, Arizona. Raising Arizona. Got a word for you, hi. Recidivism. Recidivism. <laughs> I never knew what that was. Um, but that means coming back again and again. Exactly. Right? And that's what we want. Right. And what the record industry, so what you're saying is that the record industry is missing the boat by only hoping for recidivism in in album sales. Yeah. And, and there's, there's, there's obviously extenuating circumstances. And this is, I'm not, I, I don't want to, um, I'm still in the middle of sussing this out and how okay. I feel about it. So I don't gotcha. want to take complete yeah. credit on it. But, but you know, like the, I think part of the corporate mentality where you need uh, sales every quarter. Mm-hmm. And that's part of when the lack of artist development right. started to happen, which is why we're such, um, you know, why we push artist development right. so exactly. heavily is the most important thing that's to do. We in started your doing virtual artist development. That's why we do virtual artist right. development. That's why we do the. the that's why the. That's why that's we have why a website. That's why is I'm a talking to you into a microphone at a radio exactly. station doing a podcast. Exactly. Because artist development is everything. And I think the labels miss that. Right. It'd be yeah. like the Red Sox or the Yankees or whoever your baseball right. team is not having a minor league. Exactly. Or just assuming there's minor leagues around, we'll find a minor league. Yeah, we'll find them, whatever. We'll find a pitcher when we need them. Exactly. And not understanding that development is the future. Right. That you can't just have it be about right at the second. And part of the thing that I'd never considered that this new way of thinking about it made me dive into is they're missing the point that the people buying music are people. Right. Yeah. And so... What I really want to say to the artists is, not only is it, you know, do you not need to feel bad for selling things to your, the people that come out to see you? You should not feel bad. Like, Mm -hmm. you're selling them an experience, you're selling them your music, you're selling them a t-shirt or a coffee mug. It's all about you. It's all supporting your art and perpetuating you forward. Right. But it needs to be a really important part of your marketing plan. Yeah. So... I, I couldn't agree more, and and the the image that keeps coming to my head, you you know, you brought up baseball, and so I'm thinking of these, I'm thinking of the of the fan experience yes. that they do, you know, mostly at minor league parks, but but they've started doing it at major league mm-hmm. parks too, where there's this, you know, it's the experience of going to the park, being a fan, you know, we're from, you know, we're Red Sox fans, so yeah. there's this big thing, you know, Red Sox Nation, right, right, and the, and there's like a fan club for Red Sox Nation that's yes, you know. And the the part that I would be that I would want to the where I think that translates to is know your fan base 
mm-hmm. or or know who you think your fans are. So if you're just starting out mm-hmm. and you've got you know ten fans, yeah, right, and they're yeah. all your best friends and or your you know, yeah. your grandma and your you know whatever, yeah, yeah. Know, take a look at as we've said before about your comparables. You know, so who would you go on tour with? Right, right, and look at what their fans are like. Right, and build your your authentic fan experience with that in mind. Exactly. Right? So I'm thinking about the band that we saw locally recently. Uh, they promised us jetpacks. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah. Great band. Great band. They're from Ireland, Scotland? I think, I think they're... They're from... They're, they're overseas. Yeah. They're, they're across can't the I can't remember if they're Irish or Scottish. I think Scottish is what I remember, okay. but I could be wrong. Um, but great, great oh, band. Um, great show. Great, just really great indie rock band. Yeah. Right? Um, and I and so it, it jumped to me while we were thinking about fan experience. I'm thinking about, you know, all the kind of swag that you could do for, you know, right, and what kind of experience, experiential things you could do. And I'm thinking about Taylor Swift doing her little tea parties before. Right, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The show with her fans where you, you know, where you can sign up to, to win that. Or Katy Perry doing her Katie's Kitties thing that she does before shows. And, right, right. You know, and, and there's lots of bands that, that do, and kiss like you brought oh, yeah. up earlier, kiss, the kiss kiss army, kiss the kiss they army. Called themselves, the, right. they it, called their fans the kiss army. Exactly. So, and and I don't know why I just thought of the you know they call me they they promised us jetpacks band. We were promised we jet were packs. promised jetpacks exactly. Um, and I thought you know so what kind of stuff could you do for that because they were a very cool band. Oh yeah, they were you know they were they didn't have you know uh, sorry guys but you they didn't have their uh, their visual quite as down as say the 1975. Right. 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 Um, well, different situation. A little bit more. A little bit more indie minded. And, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and I bring up the 1975 because, in my opinion, they're one of the cleanest, <laughs> easiest to understand. Single right. performance. Every picture. Every. It all looks and feels like their music, and just. They've done it just absolutely right. I don't know if it's them or their manager, but and that goes into image, and we talk about that all the time. Don't absolutely, confuse your fans. So if you're if you're in, we were promised jetpacks. You know what kind of th- what kind of further experience might have got me to stay longer, right? And you know want to do more than just you know. I mean, I Spotified that you know their album the next day. Right. right. What what would have got me to do more? Right. Right. What what would have lured me in? Right. Or if I was already a fan that had their their you know one of their physical CDs, what would have got me to buy a T-shirt? Yes. Or a lanyard, or a coffee cup, or a or well, or a- start a fan site, or do a right. So what what is it that you want to do? Who who are you in terms of your fans? And so the first thing that that comes to mind when we're talking about that goes back to the thing I was talking about with Lyle Lovett is they don't know me, right? So you have to, and they should know your fans, and you can't leave it up to your record company because what Adam was just delineating is that the record company doesn't care. And it's not even that they don't care; it's they have the. I think that it, it really is starting to look like they have this massive misunderstanding of people gotcha and they certainly have a misunderstanding and a fear of things that are new and change which is why it was great to start the podcast while talking about this giant lawsuit over a song that sounds similar right instead of just getting together and going all right let's make you co-writes because here's the thing if they are made co-writers and the song's a huge hit they're gonna make a whole bunch of money anyway and they still have their song creep like and here's the thing with that one 
lots of the people that like Lana Del Rey wouldn't even like Creep. Right. So, like, you know, right. well, and vice versa. And vice versa. Right. But so, but first, so first you have to be able to get to the people who are interested. Right. Right. And have a relationship with them. Not sell them things in that way, but have a relationship with them. Right. You're already having a relationship with them musically. Exactly. Right? Yes. You're testing things out, you know. Right. If you're in high school, maybe you call it a thing. <laughs> we're having a musical thing, man, you know. It's not like a relationship yet. So we're not, we're not, it's like we're not dating. But then don't, do you, don't even say that. Do you have to break up from a thing? I mean, well, yeah. Okay, then it's not a thing. Now That's it's your not, dating. Exactly. If you have to break up. Anyway, long story. <laughs> but, but, but so you have a musical thing with that. But we digress. Right? Well, so part of that's going to be make sure you know who they are. So if right. you're at a show... Make sure it's really easy for people to get onto your email list. Definitely. And Facebook, like your Facebook page is cool yes. too. And like your Instagram is cool too. But make sure you have some way to get to them outside of the social platforms. Right. Right. Because if you've got their email, then you can have, you can further a relationship. You can go yeah. out for coffee again. You can yeah. do different things. <laughs> you can, you can build up a, a an experience right. with this fan. So look, even if you're not a big so sometimes it's daunting to try to get email, right? And maybe you don't have that merch person that can go around and get people's emails and right. you don't want to talk about it from stage. But here's the thing. Here's what you can do. You can talk about, you can turn around and take a, a selfie with the audience and say that you're going to post it on Facebook and Spotify, you know, and, and Instagram. And then when they go to look at it to see if they're in the audience, you have a real simple message that says, sign up for our our mailing list. Right. Link in bio. Link in bio to yep. save something, to get something for free. Link in bio would be a good name for a band. It would be a good name for a band. But but you can do it in a way that, that feels authentic to you also. Yes. Right? And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interject real quickly. If this feels daunting because you're an indie artist mm-hmm. and it's a lot, yeah. you know, you got to write songs. Yeah, it is daunting. <laughs> you're, you're totally right. And you're allowed to... You want to be successful in any career. Right. You're allowed, to, you're allowed to just... Feel like it's daunting and just sit there. Or totally fine. You could, after doing these things we're talking about, you could then feel more successful and have more emails and feel like right. you've got a relationship with your fans. Exactly. Imagine what that feels like. Yes, feels Absolutely. pretty good to me. When I think about that that way, I'm like, no, this is cool. Exactly. And there, you know, your email list is growing. Right. So you're agreeing already here that that maybe you haven't done enough fan experiential. You know, right, building. You're looking for right. some answers. You're looking That's for why some you're answers. Listening to the podcast, <laughs> exactly. Right? And so, what we're talking about is: imagine that you've already done that, and that now instead of playing shows for 50 people, you're playing shows for 500 people. Exactly. Or let's let's be smaller. Let, if that's sure. a little too hard for you to 10 tell. people to 100 people. Yeah, 10 people to 50 people. Absolutely, it's a huge difference. Look, and and it doesn't. And let's go to a like super indie. There are some indie bands that we know. Some people that are in indie bands that we know that almost like don't, it's almost like they don't want fans. They right. don't want to be famous. Exactly. Right? They don't want to play for any more than- Which is totally fine. 50 people. Great. Take it. But you know what's great about those scenes? They will do basement concerts. Right. Where there'll be a basement in some house somewhere in Dayton, Ohio. Right. That can maybe hold 20 people standing up. And they get 40 people in there. They get 35 people and they have four bands play. Right. All standing up in the corner. Right. That is so experiential and wonderful, Absolutely. right? So I'm saying if you're one of those bands, there's nothing wrong with you reaching out to those fans exactly. to start having 
I want to be careful right. how I say this. I don't want to say start having a relationship with your fans. Well, that's no, not what he, I mean. So here's the thing. This just occurred to me. Look, you don't want to you don't want to do a, you know a selfie because that sounds too you know. Mm-hmm. Wait, let me take a selfie. Right. Right. Fine. Okay. Cool. All right. So how about if you have a T-shirt and a sharpie and you tell your fans to sign it with their email. Yeah. On the sh- after the show. I, I got another one for you. You could have a sign. A t-shirt that you're wearing. Right. I'm saying. Well, a t-shirt that you're wearing. How about if it has a UPC symbol? Perfect. Is it a UPC symbol? Mm, no, it's the code. No. Yeah. Code. It's a little barcode. Megan, you remember what that's called? A code. Adam's talking to our Those producer. little scan codes. Little... QR code. Thank you. A code. A code. A code. A QR code. Thank you, Megan. That you can get, you can make, type in. Our producer, create, Megan Brady. <laughs> create <laughs> QR code and you can make it go to anywhere so ha- make up a sign with a QR code with your band right. name and when they scan it on their phone because everybody has a phone it brings them right to a landing page that has an email sign up right and then when they give you that when they do that give them something right that sounds amazing doesn't it sounds amazing <laughs> I would be so excited if I went to go see somebody at, I'm not scan oh look sign up a mail list oh my gosh look I got an email from them. they sent me a song they recorded in a bathroom on tour in Ohio exactly. done Exactly. And you can still now be an in. indie band and right. play those kind of shows and be, keep your indie cred and yes. keep touch with those people so that 10 years later, when you're going and you're doing your house tours, right. solo acoustic, because, you know, you're in your late 30s now and you don't want to be playing <laughs> basements anymore, which is going to happen, and, guys. And it's going to happen. And you hate everybody that you were playing in the band with. Do you want to end, you, you know, the, the, you know, the money part of touring with a full band gets complicated exactly. and you start caring about money because you have exactly. to pay rent. Um, then you've got people that you can talk to that you've been talking to for years who now know you're going to do a house concert near Dayton, Ohio. Right. And they love it because they've bought everything you've ever, you know, and they show up with one of those t-shirts with the QR code on it. Exactly. Remember, I met you 10 years ago at a house and they're psyched and you're psyched because that's, fans are people. Like they're not this weird thing that is something, they're actually humans. Like you're a fan. Of some band, that's probably why you started playing music. I'm right. a fan. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of, you know, Led Zeppelin. I'm a fan of the Beatles. I'm a fan of, as we mentioned earlier, Lyle Lovett. Exactly. I'm uh, a fan of Stevie Ray Vaughan's, you know, vibe. Right. Coolest man I ever saw on stage. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Well, that's because you didn't see Prince. Oh, fair enough. If I saw Prince, Stevie Ray Vaughan probably would have been the second coolest guy I ever saw on stage. <laughs> Although their, their outfits were amazingly similar. Unbelievable. That's you remember? Stevie was wearing a red <laughs> suit. Looked like a pimp. And I'm like really did. And, and And instead of thinking, man, does that guy look ridiculous in a red suit? And he's like, man, that looks like, cool, cool. Every guy in the audience. I wonder is if like, I could wear a red suit. Maybe I'll see if I can find a red suit and <laughs> wear that. And because the experience that right. I got from that exactly. was important to me. Yeah. But nobody at and any major label has ever right. tried to get me. They didn't even put car. All right, you know what? Let's back up to historical people who do this well. <laughs> okay, good. All right, do it. The Beatles. Yes, amazingly well. They, now, this is why you know. Obviously, before it was well, before this is we were born. Manager. This is this is is Brian Epstein doing this, not the Beatles. No, but still, they had a fan. And it club. wasn't Apple Music. No, well, Apple Music wasn't even their label originally. Right. Um, right. Capital. 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 And then they, you know created Apple Music, but way before that, they had a fan club, and we've all heard about fan clubs, right, but they used to send out Christmas songs, recordings to their fans. They had a a secretary who was their secretary for the fan club the whole time, good old Frida. Frida, There's a great 
documentary about her. Mm-hmm. And Frida would like get hair from the barbershop right, and pretend and to say that it was Paul's and, and, and John's. Paul. And, yeah. But now that's that part is a little funky. That's, that's very not that's that's, whatever. This is that's very boy bandy. You know what I mean? It's good. They were a boy band. But they were giving their their fans an experience so that between shows, between right. song releases, between appearances on the you right. know Ed Sullivan show back then, they would have something. Now there's way more ways to reach out to people that you can do Instagram and you can do mm-hmm. Facebook and you can do Facebook Live and you can do well, yeah, you can do a private concert you know, a concert window or or jelly you, jam jelly jelly <laughs> what is that street one jelly. street jelly Dude, we, you can you can do FaceTime with somebody right. Right. right, you could have Skype. You can Skype, Zoom with do a personal you know, like, concert. With absolutely, someone. for five hundred dollars, I'll do a twenty minute <laughs> exactly. concert in your living room. Sing you happy birthday, whatever. Right, you, and and you can do all of that effortlessly without even needing to be very good at technology. Totally. If you have a phone, dude, if I can do it, and if you, <laughs> exactly, well put. If, if you, if Michael can do it, you guys, trust me, trust me. If Michael can do a Facebook Live video, you can do it. You can do it. But, you know, so do a Facebook Live thing with someone or a bunch of someone's right. or, 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 you know, there's all, there's so many possibilities. And so what you're, what we're, so what we're honing in on here is that you, it, it's up to the artist to pick up the slack for the fact that labels, especially major labels, don't understand there's a disconnect. Yes. And, and the, the, the twist I want to put on this mm-hmm. is, that I think as an artist, mm-hmm. it's important to understand what the labels don't. Right. That you are marketing your music to people. Yeah. Treat them as such. Right. Right? And if you don't like the idea that you're that you're marketing your music to people, I don't know, this is where I always go, then get out of the industry. I right. mean, like, or have somebody else do it. Right. We've talked about this for a while. It's when you're, you decide to be a musician, you have by default, decided to be an entrepreneur. Right. It doesn't you mean... You can be a good one or, right. or a bad one. You can be a That's good fine. one or a bad one. But those are... You're either an entrepreneur who's purposely doing something to further their career or someone who's fighting against being an entrepreneur. Right. Those are your choices. Unsuccessfully and unsuccessful. I don't even... I think it even hone it down to that. You yeah. are either an unsuccessful entrepreneur or a successful entrepreneur. As a musician. As a musician. As an artist. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Those are your choices. So... I would like to choose. That's why we're doing what we're doing. We want you to, we want you to be successful. We want to help you be successful. So yes, you need time to create your art. Absolutely. You do. But you know what? You also need time to, um, cultivate those, those fan relationships, cultivate those fan relationships and interact with your fans in a really authentic way for you. Definitely. Whether that's a basement show or putting a virtual tip jar out. Mm-hmm. When you broadcast yourself live Absolutely. on Facebook Live, yep. or whether you're doing street performing and broadcasting yourself mm-hmm. on Facebook Live, or on right. what's the one on, on? I always forget about it. Um, on uh, Twitter, oh, Periscope, right? Periscope that that you could do Periscope while you're while you're busking, mm-hmm. you know, right. while you're while you're playing on the street, or you know, doing proper club touring, or. Yeah. You, maybe you have a booking agent and you're doing some college touring. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've got a booking agent and you're touring some clubs. But here's the thing. Um, with all of those, you want to remember that <laughs> your music is going out to people. You right. want to get to people right. who are then going to consume your music and and dig who you are. And then you want to be able to interact with them in a way that feels authentic to you. Exactly. And, and you know, 
again for since we started talking about this from the major label standpoint right, or right. or even the the big indie no right standpoint right, right. that like everything else in the industry you know when you get a booking agent that doesn't mean that you need to stop cultivating relationships with people with places where you might want to play a show exactly or with other bands with that other bands that you might want to open, open for or open that for. you might want to do you know you know gig swaps with mm-hmm. or you know when you get a you know a publicist that doesn't mean that you stop thinking about publicity right you know and when you get a manager that doesn't mean that you get to stop doing everything that the manager does or that you stop thinking long term about your career exactly so when you get signed really that doesn't mean that you need to stop thinking about the fans no that it is actually more so if and you- especially now in the landscape of the modern music industry yes that the fan experience yep and your relationship to it mm-hmm. positive your positive, positive relationship, relationship to it to the fan experience is what's going to make that decision about whether you are an unsuccessful miserable entrepreneur or a successful happy joyful right wealthy <laughs> prosperous right entrepreneur entrepreneur musician yeah or entrepreneur whatever you think of yourself songwriter as. artist songwriter, artist producer dj exactly rapper whatever your whatever your um i almost want to call like your call it your <laughs> like your your artistic acts sure like when you're a musician yeah and you play an instrument they go hey, what's your acts man right or at least they used to back in the day <laughs> um and and we'll that bring it mean, back man. you know we'll bring it back Absolutely. we can call people cat for, I'm gonna, I've absolutely. been calling people cats since uh, high school. Yeah. Because I heard a jazz guy call another guy a cat. I thought that's that's just cool. I was 16 years old. Yeah. And I was like, and, I'm going to start calling people cat. And people are doing it. And people looked at me weird mm-hmm. for probably a decade. That's and right. then it was too late because I've been calling people cat for a decade. Exactly. Yeah, tell me not to do now. <laughs> it's like forever now. <laughs> um, but, but your... Whatever your musical label is, whether you are... An artist, a band, a songwriter, yes, a performer, yes, a DJ, yes, a producer, yes. a mixer, an engineer, yes. a yes. manager, yes. That remembering that the people that are going out to the shows, making a plan to come see you play, yes, choosing to put you on their playlist, yes, and share it with their fans in the world, yes, or looking to get you to sign the CD that you that that they bought yes and on and on and on that those people those fans they're people yes and their relationships that can't be ignored if right. you re- if you ignore a relationship it will fizzle and die yes and remember that hopefully you're reaching to these people because they're they're connecting with your art they're connecting with your music they're connecting with what you do maybe they're just connecting with your vibe right Right? It right. I don't want to put parameters on what it is that they're connecting with. You know what? That's right. You know what? Because I don't know. I don't know what Pitbull's saying in that song "Taxi." Exactly. But I love that song. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, 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 taxi. My Spanish is so weak. I'm always like trying to translate it, and he's too fast. Absolutely. I love that tune. I love that tune. Exactly. I got uh, a bunch of songs on my playlist that are in French. I don't speak French either. Right. I love it. The so vibe what it is, is, is it's the vibe that they're giving you. Yeah. And so what we want to make sure that that we're reminding everybody is that you're responsible for cultivating your and vibe. maintaining that your vibe and the relationship with the people that dig it. Yeah, and that that is not something 
like that, you know, oh, I don't know, that's not... No, that is the deal. That's, that's it, man. That's the deal. And you can understand that and use it and thrive with it, right. or you can fight it, not understand it, think it's wrong, and be sad. Or ignore it and be unsuccessful. Right. I mean, that's, And alone. That's an option, too. Homeless and penniless and 20 pounds overweight. <laughs> <laughs> we're, not going, we're not going to encourage you to, to choose the latter road no. there. But, we are um, going to encourage you and... Give and, you as many tools as we can. And here's the thing: we to are help gonna, you be successful. We are going to continuously, be relentlessly upbeat and give you doing. information that will help you, uh, whether you want it or not. <laughs> and and we're going to find all of these different things in all of these different places and bring them to you and, and disseminate it in a way that is useful and positive in your world and hopefully entertaining. And hopefully entertaining. Exactly. At least we're going to have a good time. So yeah, remember, we got this. We got your back. 